Genesis chapter 11, beginning at verse 1. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As men moved eastward, they found a plain on Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of, st of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the men were building. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Sisters and brothers in our Lord Jesus Christ, this past week I have found myself listening to the music of a friend of mine from Calvin College named Mag Kim. Meg Kim is part of a band called Gerunding, and his lyrics explore nuances and difficulties in uh, language, culture, race, uh, and identity. And his band is called Gerundine, which is really a fun and thoughtful name for a band whose lyrics explore the nuances of language, uh, because a gerund, uh, for those of you who don't know, a gerund is a verb that has been transformed into a noun by adding ing at the end, like, uh, like running, right? Like, if I run, that's a verb, but if I go running, that's a noun. And so, gerunding is this kind of creative work of turning verbs into nouns. Uh, so, that's kind of fun, I think. Uh, but Mag's songs are all named after words in other languages, uh, which are what linguists call semantic gaps. And that is that uh, the words in these languages can't easily be translated into any other language because there's so much uh, culture and depth of meaning and nuance behind them, like, uh, like the word heselich in Dutch uh, or the word fiesta in Spanish. They don't have easy one-for-one -one translations um, into other languages. One of Meg's songs that I listened to this past week is titled Han, which is a Korean word that refers to this kind of collective, communal, national sense of sadness and victimhood and oppression. And in the history of Korea, it's this cultural concept that comes from the nation's long history of war and invasion by powers that are greater than it, uh, more powerful countries. 
And the lyrics of this song explore themes of memory and family and body image and self-consciousness and the feeling of homelessness that plagues third culture kids. It's not surprising to me that my friend Mag is interested in deeply rooted cultural words and ideas like this because Mag is an American, but his parents are South Korean, so he's a 1.5 gen, I think you might call it, or a second generation. Um, but he grew up in the United States on a Navajo reservation where his parents were missionaries. And so Mag is visibly Asian, but he's six foot three. He's American, but he was raised on a Navajo reservation in a Korean home. And his experience of America then is mostly from an immigrant and Native American perspective. And so Meg knows deeply and personally what it means to be misunderstood at every level, to have someone look at him and make assumptions about who he is that are totally wrong. And through his music, he's able to explore the misunderstood and underappreciated nuances of language and culture that people often overlook. The ability to communicate is fundamental to who we are as human beings. Language is a core part of what sets humanity apart from the animal world the capacity for intelligent speech, rational thought, and clear communication. But we live in a world of roughly 6,500 spoken languages, and that sometimes makes communication difficult. When we read stories of global expansion and exploration, we see time and time again that language is fundamental to who we are as human beings, and the inability of people from different cultures to communicate clearly to one another, to bridge that cultural gap, is a major cause of confusion, conflict, and even war. Language shapes us, forms us, shapes the way that we see and understand and make sense of the world, and this is what makes the story of the Tower of Babel so devastating and the corresponding story of Pentecost so amazing. The Tower of Babel in Genesis 11 tells the story of humanity united in its rebellion against God. The whole world had one language and a common speech, and as men moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the whole earth. And in and of itself, this might not seem so terrible. People want to live together, they want to build a great city, but the reason it's terrible is because they are disobeying the direct command of God that he gave at the creation in Genesis 1, when he instructed the first humans to be fruitful and multiply to fill the earth. And here in Genesis 11, the people of earth are saying, you know what, we're going to make a name for ourselves apart from God. 
We are going to build a tower that reaches to the heavens and rule over heaven and earth without God's help. And God comes down, which is an interesting way of putting it. God comes down to see the city and the tower that they're building, and he says, this is not what I had planned. <laughs> this is not how things are supposed to be. And God says something that I think should strike us, something that we should remember when we read the Pentecost story. God says, if as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Language is power. And in the story of the Tower of Babel, humanity uses this power to assert its rebellion and disobedience against God. But at Pentecost, the opposite happens. Babel is humanity coming together in rebellion against God. But at Pentecost, God brings humanity together to establish his holy people in the person of Jesus Christ. And all the nations and languages known to the people of Israel are present in this story. Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, Cretans and Arabs, all of them heard the wonders of God proclaimed in their own language. At Babel, humanity came together in rebellion against God. At Pentecost, God gathers humanity together to establish his new, holy, multi-ethnic family across the face of the earth. What we see in the story of Pentecost is the fulfillment of God's commission to Adam and Eve, the fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham through whom he said he would bless all nations. God brings together all the nations of the earth to pour out his blessing on all peoples. In every language and every tongue known on earth, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ will be proclaimed. And what we see afterwards is that the church explodes from Jerusalem to the ends of the earth. In just the first 200 years after Pentecost, the good news of what God has done in Christ spreads from Jerusalem west to Spain, south to Ethiopia and India, north to Russia, and east all the way to the Korean Peninsula. Within 200 years of Christ's death and resurrection, the church founded in Christ literally stretches to the ends of the known world. Pentecost is the beginning of a global expansion of Christianity around the world. And the exciting thing is that we are seeing something similar happening in our own time. We are seeing a shift in the global center of Christianity. Just a hundred years ago, Christianity was concentrated mostly in Europe and North America. The Western world was the Christian world. But over the last hundred years, the church has exploded around the world. The balance of power has shifted south and east, and today the majority of Christians in the world live on the continents of South America, Africa, and Asia. People who study world Christianity say that a hundred years ago, 
the global center of Christianity was somewhere around Lyon in France. But today, that center has shifted closer to Timbuktu in the country of Mali. And the Christian church is growing around the world in places where we would never have predicted or expected 100 years ago. Nigeria, Uganda, Pakistan, Indonesia, China, even Iran. And even in North America, the church is being transformed by this global exp explosion of Christianity. Immigrants and globalization have brought millions of global Christians to our continent, and these new Christians are breathing life into our churches. I think that the next 50 years is going to be an amazing chapter in the life of the North American church and of the Christian Reformed Church because the places where the CRC is growing fastest in North America is among immigrant churches from Korea, China, Latin America, and Nigeria. We have these uh, connections with communities of Reformed Christians around the world. And as people from these global outposts of Reformed Christianity come to North America, we have an amazing opportunity to see how God is working not only in our country, but around the world. This new chapter in the life of the church brings with it exciting opportunities, opportunities that I think God has equipped the Christian Reformed Church to face in creative and unique ways. The Christian Reformed Church was established as an immigrant church. Dutch settlers fleeing economic recession, war, and natural disasters took the long journey across the Atlantic Ocean to start a new life in a new land. These early settlers had to wrestle long and hard with what it meant to become American, what it meant to become Canadian, what it meant holding on to, and what it meant giving up. And that experience has equipped us, I think, in a in a unique way to minister to immigrants still today, walking alongside them as they walk along the path that we have walked before. And I wonder what these realities mean for our congregation here in Kitchener, Ontario. As the world moves into our backyard, as fields around us fill with homes that fill with immigrants from all over the world, I wonder what God is calling community CRC to do. How is the Spirit shaping and equipping our communities to minister to our neighbors? How can we use the gifts that God has given us to reach across the barriers of language and culture to share the gospel with those around us? Eastern Avenue Christian Reformed Church in Grand Rapids was faced with a similar kind of question a number of years ago. This is just one story of how one congregation in a specific context decided to navigate its unique position in the community, but I think it's a nice place to, to kind of end tonight. Eastern Avenue CRC has been on Eastern Avenue in Grand Rapids since 1879. This year they're celebrating their 140th anniversary. It was established by immigrants from the Netherlands and followed a similar history to many CRCs in Grand Rapids. They grew, and then in the housing boom of the 50s and 60s, their membership moved out of the city and into the suburbs. And the church had to decide what to do. 
Were they going to move to the suburbs where their people were, or were they going to stay in what was by then a predominantly black neighborhood? And under the leadership of Pastor Mel Hugan, they decided they would stay. And for the past 60 years, Eastern Avenue CRC has been a leader in community outreach, in the Southeast Ward of Grand Rapids, in founding and supporting neighborhood medical clinics, food pantries, affordable housing initiatives, and a variety of other ministries. About 15 years ago, Eastern Avenue CRC noticed that the neighborhood was changing again. And this time, Latino and Hispanic families were moving into the homes around their church. And so Eastern Avenue CRC reinvented itself again, changing their second service from English to bilingual so that their English members and the Spanish-speaking people in the neighborhood could worship together in the same service. If you go and visit their website, you'll see that even their website, their entire website is bilingual. Everything that's written in English is also written in Spanish to make room for their Spanish-speaking neighbors to be a welcoming place. And I think that that's just a beautiful expression of Christian hospitality, a very concrete way that they love their neighbors. Sisters and brothers, it's easy for us to build a tower when we all speak the same language and have the same cultural background. But our Lord doesn't call us to build towers. Our Lord calls us to love our neighbors. And as our local place changes over these coming years, as our communities grow and evolve, as opportunities arise for new ministries and new programs and new churches that meet the needs of people where they are, it is my prayer that God will give us the grace to see where he is already at work by his spirit, inviting us to join his love in action. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and all God's people said, Amen. O oh Lord our God, the world changes so quickly, and we are almost daily brought into situations where we meet people who speak other languages, who come from other cultures, who have different upbringings than we do. And we thank you for this wonderful gift that you introduce us to people who help us see the world in a different way But at the same time, sometimes, oh Lord, we are afraid. Afraid that we'll make a mistake. Afraid that things are changing so fast that we won't be able to keep up. And sometimes, Lord, we are afraid that the traditions that we know and love will be lost in the constant exchange of ideas as people look for what is new and what is better. And so, O oh Lord, we pray that you would give us your grace 
and your peace. Give us your spirit that we may discern your will for us. That we may sort out what it is that you are calling us to give as a gift to our community. And what it is that we can receive as a gift from those around us. Lord, we pray that you would continue to fill us with your spirit. And as the communities around us change, we pray that you would inspire us to follow your spirit's prompting into the work that you are calling us to do. We pray all these things in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.